You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Marine Staff Sergeant John Edward Heath was struck by a vehicle on New Year's Day in 2016. After 12 limb salvage surgeries, he decided to amputate his left leg. Good luck keeping up with him. He is an elite athlete in weightlifting, crossfit, track and field, and too many other things to even mention here. He has earned a master's degree in nonprofit management, is training for the 2024 Paralympic Games, and is a Move United Warfighters ambassador. So, John, I thought um, for just you know, maybe for a two-second overview, just let's, let's talk a little bit about your um, adaptive sports journey before we talk right in, right about, uh, or dive right into CrossFit. So tell me a little bit about um, how you got involved in adaptive sports. So I got involved in adaptive sports uh, post-amputation. However, I was an adapt, I've been an adaptive athlete for five years. I've been disabled for six. I've only been an amputee for 15 months. So I competed with a salvaged leg. Um, I had 15 surgeries. I used what was called an IDEO exosim. And let me tell you that I gave hanger clinic a run for their money because I broke a couple of those things and (laughs) it was just the trajectory from there. But I think the introduction really occurred. I had an incident in a gym in Annapolis, Maryland, post amputation that pretty much discriminated me for being disabled and called me a liability. And I had never felt disabled, you know, as a Marine, nobody ever made me feel disabled and I did what I could. And, and I was just adapting through life. It wasn't until I got hundreds of messages from disabled people about their experiences uh, via Instagram and it opened up a whole new can of worms. And I was like, you know what? I'm loud. I am blind. I am, I'm John Edward Heath. And I think that this is a platform that I want to get involved and it went from one thing to another because even the Move United story of how I got in touch with y'all is a whole different chapter, you know? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and I want to unpack that at some point in time, uh, maybe a different conversation, right? So, <laughs> so so where does, I know that you're doing a lot of different sp- sports right now. Where does CrossFit fit into that mix and in, in that puzzle? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I am I am doing everything, but I will tell you, I think, I mean, CrossFit is my second main sport, uh, aside from, you know, track and field. And I'm going to tell you right now that I need you to understand that I get a lot of criticism for being a CrossFit athlete because I've been around CrossFit for a very long time. I've just, it was never my jam. And in the service, I used to make fun of officers that did CrossFit. For me, it was like an officer sport. Like that's all you really knew And let me tell you that the officers that I worked with and they see my social media and they're like, oh, so you're doing CrossFit now. And I just jab like, yeah, but who's who's competing internationally in CrossFit, you know, (laughs) Um, but it takes a big portion of my life uh, these days. And 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 why is it? Why do you why is it your number two uh, activity or or sport? What is it about CrossFit now, even though you've you've jabbed at some uh, officers in the past? What is it about? What is it that gets gets John Edward Heath going? <laughs> I think so. Here's the thing. Um, like I said, I've been around CrossFit for a very long time. I lived in Iceland. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been friends with CrossFit Games athletes for a very long time. 
when I decided to get into CrossFit, a backstory is I was I was training for Olympic weightlifting. Weightlifting has always been my passion. I've been a weightlifter, shoot, since I was 18 years old. You know, it started in the Marine Corps. And then I didn't really get like into Olympic weightlifting until probably I would say like seven years ago. And in my mind, I wanted to be the first amputee to compete in Olympic weightlifting because the Paralympics has powerlifting. I'm not a fan of bench press. Um, and that's one of the events. And it's just, it wasn't my jam. And as my roommate and best friend at the time, Olympian Devin Allen was training for Tokyo. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to train to be an Olympic weightlifter, first amputee ever. Well, there's a lot of stigma and stuff that happened behind weightlifting. Some events got removed. And it just, there's a lot of political stuff, right? So my coach for Olympic weightlifting is Sonny Webster, very notorious uh, Olympic weightlifter. He's also an Olympian from the UK. And Sonny was the one who was like, hey, well, why don't you try CrossFit? And I was like, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to do cross. I don't want to do the cardio portion of CrossFit. And that, and even track and field, like I didn't want to do Paralympic track and field. Cause I was like, man, I'm, I'm a weightlifter, dude. I'm 265 pounds, 12% body fat. Like ain't nobody running cardio. And I tried it. So check this out. I was in Texas post amputation, <laughs> 60 days post amputation. And I did a qualifier and I, I wasn't obviously top five, but I was like, I think I qualified like 11 or 14. I don't remember what it was. Right. And I think there was like 30 other lower extremity athletes. And I was like, what? I was like, there's no way, like I'm not a CrossFitter. And then I did another qualifier. Right. And it was like, get a place to go to the Atlantic coast classic in Daytona, Florida. And I'm like, what? And then universes are collided. Right. Cause I relocated to Cincinnati, Ohio. Cause I found my track coach here. And then ironically, I got introduced to a CrossFit gym here and here in the area. And the guy is like this known CrossFit games athlete who owns a gym and him and I meshed. And it was like, Hey man, like I want to try X, Y, and Z. So Zach Watts is his name. He became my coach. And dude, I was just applying for qualifiers. I was like, let me get some experience in this in this event. Well, needless to say, here I was on a plane uh, to Barcelona, Spain, competing in my first international CrossFit competition. And I'm actually headed to the Adaptive CrossFit Games uh, by Wheelwads in Raleigh, North Carolina, December 2nd through the 4th. So it started as advocacy. Um, and, and that's what started it. It was there was a situation with an adaptive athlete who requests a waiver for the box for uh, like a workout. And it got denied. And you know me, I'm very vocal. Uh, I went on social media and I was like, CrossFit, get you, you know, figure it out. And I just kept advocating. I kept hearing more stories from other adaptive CrossFitters. And I'm like, why aren't y'all speaking on it? Like, tag the guy who's in charge, tag the division, like tag, you know, ESPN, like make some noise. And a mentor of mine, his name is Omar. Uh, he was like, hey, man, like you should really look into doing the sport. Like you're you're advocating, but like you should be involved. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do CrossFit. And it turned out to be something beautiful, man, because, uh, you know, as much as I travel, I have the opportunity to see a lot of CrossFit boxes like and and that's the thing is like showing up. I'm literally one of the few adaptive athletes like adaptive CrossFitters that these gyms ever see. So Sarah Evans was with me in LA for the AIG summit and we were with Warfighters. And I told her, I was like, hey, let's drop out a box, you know, let's go to the gym. So six in the morning, we're miserable, like waking up at 515 to go to this gym at six. And we showed up and the coach freaked out. You could tell she was like, oh my God, my true drop-ins, one's missing a whole leg. The other one's got this prosthetic. 
And we could tell she was like nervous and we were like, hey, like we're experienced, we know what we're doing. And Sean, I can tell you, man, it, it, it turned into an educational situation. Mm-hmm. And we were able to tell her like, hey, if you have another adaptive athlete, like this is how you, you know, uh, attack it or ask these questions, like don't feel embarrassed and blah, blah. And then we exchanged informations and like, now, like if she ever has an adaptive CrossFit athlete, she knows she can reach out to me. So, you know, it started as, as yeah, you, you want to be the best cross adaptive CrossFit in the lower extremity division, but it's a bigger mission than that to me. It's, it's more about education and advocacy. Yeah. And it's easier to advocate sometimes from the inside. So if you're an athlete that, that is participating in the sport, know the sport or activity, then you can, you know, you're, you're, you're basically an, are an expert and, and can exactly. speak to any, any challenges or issues. And I know that you, you, know, you said you're not a big, you weren't a big cardio fan. So have you, have you embraced cardio now? Okay. So check this out. I run the hundred meter and the 200 meter, right? And obviously goal is Paris 2024. Uh, and I just got signed by, or I just got picked up by a new coach, uh, in Orlando, an Olympic coach, but it's funny because I just wanted to run the hundred. I was watching my, my best friend is Devin Allen. That's like a dude's like my family, man. And watching Devin do the 110 hurdles, it just, it, it grew a passion. Right. And I was like, I started dropping numbers on the sprints and it just became competitive. And it was just super cool to live in a house. Like we're both training for track and field, but I wanted the hundred. And then Move United, like, convinced me to do the 200 during the sanctioned events and, like, following the track season, right? And I'm like, all right, 200, that's it, right? And then I have other people that are like, well, you know, you're tall and, like, you could probably do the 400. And I'm like, listen, 200 is where I cap it. Um, And, you know, in CrossFit, I've got to run, like, a mile or so sometimes. But, listen, I'm not running anything past, like, a mile and a half, like. And that's probably for like Murph, right? Um, so I've embraced cardio. I've, I've embraced the, you know, the the hard stuff of of having a, a high heart rate. Uh, but I wouldn't say I'm a marathoner. Like, you know, a lot of friends of mine they they went to go to the Marine Corps marathon, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's not me. <laughs> yeah, but I bet if I ask you in six weeks, I'm like, so how's it going, John? You're like, uh, well, now I'm doing a half marathon. Now. <laughs> <laughs> probably, we'll see what the universe has aligned for me. So for those that aren't familiar with with CrossFit, uh, let's let's just talk about let's break it down. And so yeah. if you had to explain to someone uh, what what is CrossFit, what, what is CrossFit? So here's the thing, and I'm going to tell you, I think there's a follow misconception with CrossFit. Um, a lot of, you know, bodybuilders and weightlifters and someone sees a butterfly kip. And I was one of them. I was guilty of of judging things that, you know, I didn't know. Um, but it's a mixture, man. It, you got to be ready for whatever. Like if you're competing at a competition, even if it's a local one, you better be ready to swim and then, you know, power clean and and climb a rope. Right. So the way that I describe it to the average person who really doesn't know what CrossFit is, is it's a hybrid sport. You have to be prepared from Olympic weightlifts to gymnastics to your cardio has to be so on point. And there's something about a rhythm that if you burn yourself out, you're not going to finish a workout, right? So you can be strong at the power cleans and the snatches, but you got to know how to hand, you know, walk on your hands. You got to know how to do a muscle up. You got to know how to do gymnastics. And it's just a mixture of everything. And I think that that's what, because I'm an athlete, I have an obsession with progression. I fall in love with the process, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as an amputee. Um, And it started with, you know, oh my God, what you want me to, to be upside down. And I would get like 
you would see my face and I'd have like, I'd look like I had freckles, but it was like a bunch of like blood blisters on my face that would just pop from being upside down. Right. And so it started with that and it'd be like, Oh, I can only hold it for five seconds. And then, you know, progress 25. And then it started with like the fear of handstand walking, uh, especially as an amputee. And now I can walk on my hands. Uh, so it just, I just really fell in love with the process of everything. But overall, I will tell you that I've been around fitness for a very long time. I've been to, you name it, gyms like the Mecca of bodybuilding in California, um, any Olympic training center you can think of. There is no community like going into a CrossFit gym. And that's my biggest thing because it's like, I'm not embarrassed of being an amputee. I am not afraid of getting dirty, but I know that there's a fear of walking into a gym, right? And you being in a wheelchair and you're being the only adaptive athlete. So for me, every gym that I've gone to, Sean, it's everyone is so welcoming. I was in Orlando for a week, you know, my prosthetist was down there and I dropped in a box and everyone was like, they, you'd have thought I was a member of, of this gym. And it is the, it is, listen, so I, I call this, uh, it's called hashtag Zach hates me. Uh, that's my coach's name because I'm miserable like 80% of the time, right? It's not like, it's not every day that I go out and I'm like, man, that was fun or man, that was great, you know? And uh, it was the serious for me. It's, and that's what's hard about the fact that I'm relocating to Orlando is because the community I've got, man, it's, it's not, they're not professional athletes. It's, it's a mom who is a teacher, you know, it's uh, my coach's sister who's a nurse and, and also a mom, right? And then, you know, guys that are in college that we're all just coming in together and and being fit. And, and it's just such a relief of community, especially at the level that I'm competing because, Sean, I, I can't go out and party. Like, I got to be in bed by nine, man. I got to get eight hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I can't keep going to, to do other things that the average person does. No one in CrossFit has ever been like, yeah, I've been invited to like a birthday party, but like nobody's ever been like, why aren't you drinking? They're like, oh, why are you leaving early? Like everybody knows who I am. They know what I'm doing. So overall, yeah, like CrossFit, you know, has its stigma of like butterfly kipping pull-ups. But here's the thing. That's a form thing. That's a gymnastics thing. Like the average person cannot jump up on a bar. You can do strict pull-ups, but the average person cannot jump up on a bar and do butterfly kipping pull-ups mm -hmm. and and we get that all the time because people make those jokes you know like oh well if i wanted to do you know cheating pull-ups and i'm like all right well show me show me how to get into the hollow like show me that you can do what i can do because i know i can do strict pull-ups can you do what i do i can do what you do you know and and so it, what is the difference between crossfit and like you know as you mentioned some other fitness platforms or focusing on just you know the the strength you know strength part or the the cardio part so crossfit's programming has a strict like warm-up session right any class that you do emphasizes on doing the movements before you do it so if you're gonna do like a heavy snatch complex right then they're gonna have you warming up your shoulders your rotator cuffs doing some you know warming up on the bar and stuff like that so there's a huge emphasis of movement in CrossFit. Um, there's also mobility. Man, I coached that Navy. If you know my back, if you know my background, a lot of my athletes, dude, their their ankle mobility is trash. You know, as football players, um, 
it, there's if you're going to Olympic weightlift, you have to be able to get into a solid squat position. You have to be able to get your ankle and you know knee past a certain angle, and it it emphasizes on that. But every programming has a strength portion. So you do the warm up, and then there's a strength portion. So the strength portion, you know, yesterday was a um, push jerk, clean and jerk, uh, kick jerk complex, right? And that was the strength portion. So you had 15 minutes to build to a heavy three. And then then the Metcon or the AMRAP or the EMOM comes around and it can be, you know, a snatch and you're doing something cardio related and then you're doing a handstand movement, right? And in that span of five rounds, you have 20 minutes to do these four, five, six things. You have to pace yourself. You have to control your breathing. You have to ensure that every movement is correct because you're going to mess up your back or whatever the case may be. If you take a deeper, listen, I give respect for power, you know, uh, power lifters, bodybuilders, right? We make jokes, power lifters, right? It's that one pull or that one push. And then it's like a long break. You eat some gummy bears and you do it again, right? Uh, you know, bodybuilders, they're known to be these giant shoulders and big biceps and their show muscles or whatever. Yeah, you're strong, right? Like you can you can shoulder press 150 pound dumbbells three five reps, but can you power clean 315? Or can you snatch, you know, 405? Some of the numbers that these athletes are doing mm -hmm. while still maintaining cardiovascular endurance, while still maintaining, you know, your gymnastics and form and all that other stuff. So I think it's more technical. There's more I you got to be you got to be in check on what you're doing. Uh, because you're going to get hurt. And I think that that's also the stigma that follows is you hear all these injuries that happen, but in reality, I mean, like, it's like any other sport. If you're not really, uh, watching what you're doing, you're going to get injured. Yeah. Or if you tackle too much at once and, and you, and you don't work your way up to it or into it, that's where injuries typically will occur. And so if, a, if there's a, I know you interact with obviously adaptive athletes and individuals with disabilities all the time. Um, and so how would a new person start this activity? I mean, you talked about it being a community, but I could see where if, if if you're new to any sport really, but, but let's talk about CrossFit, you walk into a gym for the first time, uh, you know, I could see why you're intimidated, right? Because uh, typically there's, you may be the only one that's there for the first time and everyone's there, everyone else is there is, you know, doing their thing all day, every day. So how do you overcome that type of uh, stigma or concern? So it just go, it rolls back to community, Sean. I'm going to tell you right now, Zach Watts is a very, very strong athlete. Um, I could see anyone being intimidated by working out with him. I'm a very fit athlete. I'm a very well-known athlete in my space. Um, but no, nobody's ever not wanted to train with us. We've never, you know, looked at someone and been like, well, you're not a pro athlete. Like, we don't want to train with you. And I think that that's what's been so cool about it. Because when we see someone that's new, there's such a, there's such a need inside to like want to help you progress to where we're at, right? If you're like yesterday, one of my really good friends, Allie, I literally gave her a couple tips on handstand uh, push-ups, and she got like four. And she was like, "Oh my god! Like I've never been able to do more than two, right?" Like, and that's the sense of everything. We get new people all the time. We get drop-ins. We get, you know, that one person who gets a free gym membership. I've never seen anyone belittle someone 
in a CrossFit gym. I will tell you from experience, I've seen, you know, the videos that are posted about somebody that's overweight in a gym from, you know, a gym rat or somebody who's doing improper form in a gym, like, you know, Planet Fitness or uh, Gold's Gym, right? And instead of like fixing and having a conversation and a connection with that person on trying to help them progress, it's more of like being, you know, making fun of them. And I'm not, I'm not trashing any other sport. I've just, I've been around it all. And I'm telling you right now, like I've just, for me, even when I started, I remember I was, I was intimidated, man. There were these big bodybuilding dudes in these gyms, like, and you were just like, man, they're gonna make fun of me. I'm over here curling 25s and they're curling 75s or hundreds, right? I've never really seen anyone mistreated or looked down upon because they can't do anything. And I, I think the big thing that I love about CrossFit mentality and the theory is the fact that like we tell people all the time, like if you got to scale, man, scale, like the concept of you coming in here, like I told a, a, a member yesterday, we were talking and, and I was like, oh, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, tired. I'm like, well, you got 80% of, of it done and it was walking in this gym. Now you just got to do the 20% of the workout and you're at a hundred, right? So it's never a thing like of, if you're not feeling it, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh man, you're weak. You didn't finish. It's like, okay, so take, t- drop it by half. If it's, if it's a 200 pound workout, then do a hundred. If you can't do a hundred, then do the bar at least like keep moving. And it's just, that's what we need to change in society about fitness. It's not about, and I tell my parents this all the time, man, it's, it's not, I don't need my parents to be Olympic athletes. <laughs> I just need you to move. And I just need you to stay active because when I do decide to have kids and my three brothers decide to have kids, like I need y'all chasing us. Like I need you chasing my, your grandchildren and like, I plan on giving you a run for your money for a very long time, you know? So it's just a very, very open mind environment. And I just, I, all I can say is give it a try. I know it's intimidating. I know there's a stigma behind it, but in order for you to get over it, just just sign up one day. And if if you don't like it or you're treated some type of way in the gym, let me know. Call me at Carbon Fiber John right on Instagram. Let me know that this gym, you know, treated you accordingly and I, I i can tell you that the crossfit community will back me because that's that's what it's about that's awesome yeah and you'll and you'll as you said you're loud you'll you'll let everybody know <laughs> <laughs> i will tag the gym and tag their you know affiliate owners and and, and the whole nine and and so for that newbie again what do they need to get started i mean I, uh, obviously there are a lot of crossfit gyms across the country so uh so they might not need their own equipment uh, cause they can go to the, the gym for that. But what, what else would an athlete need, uh, to, you know, to, to start a, start a CrossFit workout? I would say they would need a good set of shoes, um, Olympic weightlifting shoes, or like, if you're going to get serious with it, I recommend Olympic weightlifting shoes. If you're not planning to be that, you know, high up athlete, then I would recommend some Metcon, some sort of cross training shoe. Um, cause there's, it is a cross training sport. But other than that, like as if you're starting, that's the bare minimum you need. Every gym has jump ropes for you to use. It's not until you start doing a, this sport long enough that you're like, okay, I don't, I don't want to use this like worn out jump rope or <laughs> this belt that's been stretched out and you start to buy your own things, right? But honestly, all they need is to sign up. Uh, the coach should contact them. They'll get them a, a day to come try it out. And it starts from the basics, man, the basics of movement and using a PVC pipe, 
and testing your mobility and seeing where it goes from there to the far extent, like I normally contact coaches and I'm like, listen, I do this, this, and this, and this is how experienced I am. You don't have to give me the whole spiel. I'm just trying to work out at your gym for a week. Right. Uh, but for those newbies, like I said, all they need is to find a local CrossFit gym and they'll be set. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously your trip uh, recently with Sarah to, to L.A. and that gym that you went to. Um, walk us through a little bit about the adaptive component of CrossFit, you know, and, and maybe even from a macro from a macro level and a micro level. You know, I believe there are, there are now certifications, right, that that uh, trainers can get that are kind of specifically around. Uh, you know, uh, adaptive component of that. Can you can you tell us a little bit about where that is, and 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 obviously, I mean, I'm, and continues to progress and and hopefully get better. But uh, just tell us a little bit about where that space is now. Yeah, and I appreciate you asking that because here's the thing, man. Um, I think CrossFit is a little behind CrossFit headquarters. Um, but like anything else, right? It's when you start something, you're gonna you're you have growing pains and you're gonna have a lot of issues. Here's the problem that I've come into as someone who's really involved in this sport. Um, I'm competing against people with disabilities, but they still have a limb. And I voiced that I think that there should be like a specific amputee division um, of just AKs and BKs. And the reason why I say that is because I was a person who had a salvaged leg. There's a difference of how you move and there's a difference on how you can adapt to a workout if you have a fused ankle or if you have a fused knee or whatever the case may be, there's a huge difference when you're missing a limb. Um, they're not there yet. And there is some miscommunication where CrossFit headquarters is its own identity. It's its own entity. And then you have an entity like Wheelwads. And Wheelwads has been around for 10 years and they're strictly adaptive CrossFit. In a perfect world, they should be merging together. Wheelwad has the data. Wheelwad has the information. Wheelwad has the athletes. CrossFit has the money. CrossFit has the resources. But of course, we already know how political it is, you know, with organizations. Um, and the other thing is, I've been looking for a way to, because of how much traveling I do, I wish there was some sort of way to certify coaches in adaptive CrossFit. Um, even if you don't have an adaptive athlete in your gym, I think it's something that every gym should look into because not everyone is Sarah or me or any of the other, you know, move United athletes that we have someone new walking in and, and then like hearing that you're not certified and you don't know what you're doing. That doesn't really solidify for someone to come back. So the first steps is uh, CrossFit level one, Unfortunately, it's very pricey. It's like $1,500 to get certified for that, right? And then the second one, they recommend uh, an ATA certification. I'm looking into that with Carrie because I kind of feel like you can go a different direction, uh, whether at a local college or something, if it's if it's the same type of, right? Because uh, disabled people didn't just start here two years ago. Like, right. we've been around <laughs> for a very long time. So I don't think I should be paying $500 for or a total of $2,000 just to certify myself to coach adaptive athletes. I think there's a different method. Um, but right now, those are the two methods of getting into the CrossFit space. Um, and then from there, it's it's honestly, and here's the thing is like, I don't even know who's doing these certifications because I can't program for someone like Sarah and, or I can't program for someone who's missing an arm. Like I can program for amputees. 
I can't program for anyone who's missing a hip. I don't, I don't know what that's like. Right. Um, so those would be the steps of coaching or, or getting certified in, into the realm of CrossFit. Yeah. And then, and, and so once folks get into the sport and reach, you know, the level that you're at where, uh, where you're, you know, competing, um, tell me about the, the competition space. Like, you know, in terms of, you mentioned you're going to a competition even just uh, coming up, but, you know, are there an abundant of opportunities for adaptive athletes to compete? And, and, you know, is there, you know, is there an, a national or international or uh, just, you know, I know that's probably still new, new. Uh, as well but but what does that look like right now so right now the way that it's looking like is uh like i said wheel wads and crossfit headquarters are two different entities so you have the crossfit games and you have the wheel wad games luckily wheel wad has given the has given the the united states an opportunity to find different events all over the country and that is mixing events like wadapalooza with an adaptive division that wheel wads running or uh the acc in Florida with wheel wads running the adaptive division. So we're getting there and we got to give props to wheel wads and, and, and anybody that's interested in this, like I recommend they look into wheel wads. Um, but I wouldn't say there's a lot of opportunities. I'm going to tell you like in, uh, I competed three weeks ago in Cincinnati and I was the only amputee and I competed with an able body team in a non adaptive environment. But again, I'm different. I'm not afraid to do that. Right. Even if I come in dead last, like I'm, you're getting me in there uh, if there is no adaptive division. But again, I think it's a space that people just don't really know how to tap into. Um, and that's where I, I'm stepping into this world where it's not just about competing and saying like, oh, I'm an adaptive CrossFitter. It's, it's really like paving a way for our younger generation or any other kid that wants to get into this, right, to have a better understanding of like, as they're coming up the ranks to when they make it to the games. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, everyone wants to have that kind of um, journey or trajectory, if they will, they, they need to know what they're working towards uh, in, right. order to, in order to work towards it. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and what, uh, lastly, just kind of uh, what else have, uh, have, would you like to share about, about adaptive CrossFit that maybe we haven't talked about yet? Uh, let's see. I think um, it's a movement that's that's it's getting there. Um, I think we need more athletes, even if it's just a local competition or even if it's just a local gym. Um, change doesn't happen with just one person. It takes a community. It takes a tribe to do so. And I think that we're building that. I think we're pulling people out of their you know comfort zones. I think we're finding disabled people all over the country, even the world. I've had the opportunity to compete with adaptive CrossFitters from South Africa, from the UK, um, you know, from Spain. It was the greatest experience in the CrossFit scene that I could have ever witnessed going to Barcelona and Barcelona, Spain. Um, but there was a language barrier. And luckily, I, I speak multiple languages. So I think, you know, I was able to help Wheelwads translate which kind of in the long term, like I was competing, but I was also like working. So I really wasn't, I didn't get, get to really like get into the athletic tunnel vision. But at the end of the day, you know what? I, I didn't place first, second or third, but I was able to help other adaptive athletes compete. And that's the thing is like, you want to be, people want to be treated as an athlete and they like the term athlete and they want to be inclusive, 
But if every adaptive athlete did their part, this movement could go a lot smoother. But it, you're not having a lot of people making a lot of noise and advocating and standing right for, you know, standing up for the beliefs. And that's the thing is like, I'm not going to allow anyone to discredit me as an athlete. You're not going to disregard me as an, as a CrossFitter. Um, and that's just to help someone else who isn't as vocal as me. So I think that the biggest thing that I would love to see is more support. Even if you're not a CrossFitter, if there's an adaptive athlete competing at your local gym, then go support them, you know, go to the local competition and, you know, reach out to different adaptive athletes, follow them on social media, find out everybody's story and just go from there. Um, because I would love to see this blow up in a manner that it can help mental health. It can help your health as a whole. It can help you, you know, find your path as a new amputee or a new disabled person, or even someone who's been disabled for 15 years and never had the sense of community. Cause everyone thinks you have to be at a Paralympic level, right? You don't man. It's, and that's what I love about, you know, Move United and Wheel Wheel Wads and Angel City Games and all these other entities that I'm part of because yeah, I get to compete at the highest level and yeah, I get to be on magazines and posters and the media, but that's not like that's my path. Me for you like if your goal is to power clean 225 by 2 years, then we made your goal. That's the mentality we should have and that's how we should be supporting this movement. Yeah. And, and I know you just mentioned social media. So how do people reach out or connect with you? What platforms are you on and, and, uh, what's your handle? So I'm an old soul, Sean. I actually, I don't, I despise social media. I, I wish it would crash one day and we all go get back to, to talking to each other. Uh, but you can find me, as you know, my professional name is carbon fiber, John. Uh, I'm on YouTube. There's not much stuff on YouTube, but I'm starting to get like more, content on there same thing with twitter carbon fiber john instagram carbon fiber john um and i'm just like i said i i know we're in a world of social media so i'm trying to get more content out there it's just hard to like constantly record everything you're doing uh but i think it's important i like teaching people how to you know power uh, olympic weightlift as a amputee or sprint or learn because there's a thing like if you look at a blueprint there is no like tutorial how to run with a running blade Mm -hmm. which is how I got involved with Move United and coaching our kids, right? Same thing with like Olympic weightlifting. I have a background in Olympic weightlifting. I just had to add the amputation to it. Other people have never done that. They don't know the balance and whatever, and I can give them those cues. So I think it's very important to follow other athletes that are in the space that you're trying to get into because you can learn a lot from them.